Faith Science Podcast. My name is Tyler Bublitz, and welcome back to the eighth Sunday after Pentecost for the week of July 18th, 2021, and I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to dig into this week's podcast, and I'm excited because of where we'll get to this week, especially when I was looking at the text this week and thinking about kind of the question and where we left off from last week. There's going to be a little bit more humble pie. And for me, part of it is even talking to myself in this one. It's not going to be just environmental, like I kind of went off of a little bit last week, but kind of also bringing up some bigger questions. But I think that's one of the things where where we're at is at times within our own lectionary and our own world, we need to be able to give that deep cut to challenge ourselves, to push ourselves, to go a little bit deeper. So the question I posed for you guys last week on Twitter was, where do you see as a world community putting human things ahead of God things, and what are we going to do about it? And I got various different responses this week, but a lot getting even to how there's debate to be had, but we've made it even harder on ourselves that we've made them political or we've made lines in the sand and so thus it makes it harder for us to be able to hear each other much less hear what God is trying to tell us and I think that's a really key thing to think about Uh, how often do we put things that we value ahead of what maybe God has for us and I'm going to propose that there is one that has been literally given to us in scripture multiple times over and we love to ignore, especially in the Western world, especially in developed nations. And that'll be my teaser that I have for you. So let's just jump into it. The alternative first reading this week is from 2 Samuel chapter 7 verses 1 to 14a. This is kind of a fascinating story. So you have David has been given, he's king, and he decides, you know what? our God needs is a house. That's what he needs. And he goes to the prophet Nathan and says, you know, what do you think of this? And Nathan's like, this is a great idea. We should do this. God then comes to Nathan and being like, hey, man, you're a prophet. And at what point were you going to ask me about this? To be honest and blunt with you, I, through my whole existence, haven't lived in a house, so why would I want a house now? I want to be in and among the people, and so thus, let me be in a place where I can build the house of Israel, that I am in and among the people instead of a physical structure. And I think that's really an interesting thing, and especially what we've gone through over the last 15 months or so, I think this text rings a little bit differently, and I think it's something that now the church as a whole, with capital C, is trying to reflect on and think about a little bit more of how do we make sure that we're bringing this good news to the people out and among in a community. The psalm that goes with that is Psalm 89, verses 20 to 37. And this is kind of a nice little summation of King David and that how he's anointed and how God has so many different things as long as David is 
and for us even, as long as we are putting God first, there is a lot of faithfulness and steadfast love that will then come out of us because of that. And because then we are grounding our salvation in God, there are things that God wants to be able to use us for and to move us forward in. But if we are stubborn, that's when we then realize that it's God who's giving us this stuff, not of our own creation. The other first reading that you could use is from Jeremiah chapter 23, verses 1 to 6. This is an interesting text because, one, it's comparing the leaders and other kings around Israel to shepherds, which is, again, something that would have been somewhat relatable with low-level communities, but essentially that God is getting upset with leaders that are more scattering the flock than bringing them together. And that he is calling and will raise up leaders that will bring the people together, will bring them and unite them together. And that's something that will then provide the safety that we're all looking for is through that being united. The psalm this week is Psalm 23. And this is the third time this year that we've had this psalm. And it's the typical, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. But I think it's kind of interesting this time around, and we'll dive into it a little bit more in a little bit. But again, it's first looking at God as a shepherd and us as the sheep type of idea and guiding us through. But then in like verse 5, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. But the idea of then the blessing that comes from trusting and the blessing that comes from resting is really a unique and interesting thing we'll dive a little bit more into. The New Testament reading is from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 to 22. This is then kind of recognizing how the church has expanded and how at times you had Gentiles who were the uncircumcised and how there was this physical condition of the circumcised versus uncircumcised and that recognition, but now how Jesus Christ coming into their lives poured out his blood for all and through that recognition that it isn't then a physical symbol it's more of an internal symbol that God is then trying to unite all of us and bringing us all together like a good flock and bring us and unite us together and it's just a beautiful beautiful thing The gospel text this week is out of Mark chapter 6, verses 30 to 34 and 53 to 56. Two things that we want to mention here before we really get into the text. First, in verse 30, it is referred to the disciples as apostles. This is one of two times that the disciples get recognized as apostles. The second time is much later in the book. And second, the text that we're kind of overlooking here is the feeding of the 5,000 and Jesus walking on water. And we'll kind of get into that a little bit here. And potentially it's something you might want to add in, especially that we'll be getting into the bread of life discourse over the next six weeks with John. But this 
text picks up and now again remembering kind of where we've been the last few weeks jesus goes back to his hometown has trouble healing sends the disciples out while the disciples are out we hear last week about the beheading of john the baptist now the disciples are coming back and that's where this picks up the disciples have done very very well and they can't get a break there are people that are recognizing them that they're trying they're doing all this healing and all this stuff and jesus in verse 31 essentially is saying he said to them come away to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest for a while for many were coming and going and they had no leisure even to eat and so they eventually get into a boat and then when they get to the other side again the crowd just picks up and immediately this is that type of thing then it skips that huge text where we had the feeding of the 5,000, Jesus walking on water. And again, this kind of is showing that this ministry is picking up and that they're continuing to spread this out through villages throughout the land. So before we talk about how faith and science come together this week, we have to do our shameless plugs for Working Preacher, if you haven't checked out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it between their Sermon Brainwaves podcast, their commentaries, their discussions. Since I'm not an ordained minister, I use them on a weekly basis to help bring you this podcast. It's so helpful to be able to listen to multiple biblical scholars along with having other commentaries there to be able to reference, to give ideas, and make sure that I'm on the right path. The other resource that I really enjoy using is the lectionary coming from Vanderbilt.edu. Having the lectionary and all the different texts in one spot has been really helpful for me to bring you this podcast, but also having the great archive of art that they have relating to these texts is super helpful to potentially look at it in a new and creative way, at least for my brain. So if you haven't checked out the lectionary coming from Vanderbilt.edu or WorkingPreacher.org, I'd highly recommend both of them. Last week we talked about things that were putting our human self ahead of God. And what I found really interesting, especially in this gospel text, the apostles come back, the disciples come back, and they're telling them about all what these does. And Jesus is like, you need to go rest. You need to get away from this place now. And that's fascinating to me on multiple levels. One, especially coming from the West being a white male in the United States that's told like you got to try being as efficient as possible and go, 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 and you can rest when you're dead. This pokes me real hard this time. And especially I know over the last year and a half, my job's changed quite a bit and how I approach my job is, and there's times where I am beating myself up because I don't feel that I'm being efficient enough. And then I have this text screaming me in the face saying, well, wait a second. What about if I'm not calling you to be 100% efficient? You see, the science behind what Jesus is talking about here backs him up. And it's really, really fascinating. As you probably know, because you're probably part of it, we are very sleep-deprived people. And actually, we're really the only animal that will sleep-deprive itself. I guess that's the problem with free will in certain ways, is we like to sleep-deprive ourselves. And the science is showing more and more, this is really an issue. One, there's 15% of our genes are linked to sleep, that there's certain different 
parts of it. That's just how we were designed. Our hippocampus is looking for light-sensing cells, and at some point the melatonin has to come in, that sleepy sensation. But if we can trick it by light or different things, we can kind of forego that. But then we potentially, and there's still a lot of research still to be done here, but it's leading to having trouble making memories because our brain naturally from the day puts all our memories into short-term memories and it's through sleep that helps us put it into that archival long-term memories. They're starting to show more and more like heart disease, diabetes, and multiple other physical ailments, even sex drive and testosterone and estrogen is linked to sleep and rest. And it's amazing even just in the learning community and how much more when we actually give ourselves good amounts of sleep both before and after learning to lock that in, up to 75% more retention just through sleep. And you've probably heard that as we sleep, there's different cycles in REM sleep and where you're practically awake but you're sleeping and how your body is using that time to heal and to process and do all these amazing things. And I'll attach links down below talking more about that. But yet then we don't want to do it. See, I find this interesting because here the disciples are probably coming in super excited. I know I would be. They've been going out and they've been doing what they've been watching Jesus do. And they're like, man, we can do this. This is exciting. They are probably running mentally, physically, and vocally 100 miles a minute. And Jesus is then like, you need to go and rest. You need to calm down. If you're going to continue to do this ministry, you need to be able to sleep, not just sprint through it. Which is interesting. Because then when you start thinking about it from that perspective, think of like the Ephesians text where Paul is writing and talking about Gentiles who are coming to the faith and the way that you come to a new conclusion like that is through rest and sleep, comes from contemplation, comes from thought-provoking time where you've slowed down to process things, to have maybe even discussions with people to help you process this. But then what we just talked about, memory happens through sleep. So these are people who have done sleep to be able to start to understand the process of what Jesus did for them too. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures and leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. We have to slow down to be able to get those blessings. We have to slow down to be able to recognize the still water, to have the green pastures, to slowly eat, but to sleep, to rest. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. To be comforted You have to rest. You can't be anxious. You can't be running a mile a minute. Jeremiah calling out that there are bad leaders, but there will be good ones coming. And that we then have to rest and wait 
but also be alert. And that means that we have to be able to be sleep enough to be able to recognize that. Like we talked about, to be able to learn, we have to have sleep. So to sleep, then we are able to learn. Thus, we're able to listen. We are able to absorb new information. Nathan, in the story with David, jumped too quick and didn't rest with it. Didn't talk to God about it. Didn't let God into the situation. And then God's like, uh, sir, um, Nathan, that's not what I want you to do. And that happens afterwards and kind of is like, dude, why didn't you talk to me? You see, the recognition of we are a people now who like to run so fast. Are we letting God talk? Or is it coming back later where it's like, oh, I, I didn't want you to do that. You're running too fast. Why are you doing that? Why ain't you just resting me? I have all these blessings and things for you, but we're not willing to slow down to do that. We have tried figuring out ways to hot rod essentially our brain so that we don't need sleep. But the issue is, is now they're starting to show more and more correlations of dementia, Alzheimer's, is linked with lack of good sleep. And the thing that they're realizing is sleep is not like a bank. It's not something that we can just deposit. It's something that we have to make a habit. We have to make it a priority. Sound familiar? Because to me, it sounds very familiar to faith. Our faith life is not a bank. It's something that we have to keep working on and keep being persistent in. And now we're getting told through studies and sleep that, yeah, that should be a priority too. And the thing is, didn't we get told this? Honor the Sabbath and keep it holy? A day of rest? Jesus recognizing for us to be able to do the ministry and to do it well, there has to be times where we rest. There has to be times where we need time to process. And rest is one of those places. And in our mind, we sleep. That's when we process and move our memories from short-term to long-term to be able to recall later. You see, rest is important. And I'm as guilty as anyone. Take a look at when a lot of these podcasts initially get sent out, and a lot of them are around midnight or later, which means that I was up most of the time doing that, sacrificing sleep. How many studies do we need to show where our reaction time is slower, and we have all these different things to try helping us fall asleep? And the thing is that's funny is like, Sleeping pills, for instance. I was listening to something from a PhD called Matt Walker, who studied sleep for 20 years as a university professor at Cal Berkeley. And it's just a sedative. It doesn't give us good natural sleep. It's essentially just kind of turning off the mind. It's not really the type of sleep we need to really rejuvenate the body and really let it do its second half of work. And in a culture then where it's like, okay, well, I'll just have caffeine to suppress these different things that I feel, the drowsiness that I feel, and then I'll take, you know, alcohol at the end of the day to kind of help me just nullify myself. These don't help for good sleep. It's us trying to do hot codes to try to just get around it. It isn't that what Jesus is kind of also leading his disciples into saying here. I'm trying to gather and trying to be a good shepherd here. And to be a good shepherd, I need to have you recognize you need to pace yourself. And in pacing yourself, you need to rest. You need to figure out a way to make sure that you have rest. It's something we under-prioritize in our lives. 
we love cramming things in. And I think when we look back at like the last 15 months, how we craved having something on the schedule. And now I look at how many schedules are getting fuller and fuller so quickly. And how well are we going to be able to maintain that? At what point do we value sleep? At what point do we value connecting with God? At what point do we value these different things? I know for me, the last couple of weeks for a lot of reasons, there's been a lot going on in my personal life and we'll see if eventually I get into it, but it's been chaotic. There's been a lot of things going on like many people. And over the last couple of weeks, there's been a couple different things where I've been able to participate to slow myself down and to really absorb moments and for a while ignore whatever time it is or whatever and just feeling myself regain myself, to feel more myself, to be able to be less on edge. And it's amazing that in those times, that's where a lot of my best thought comes. In fact, when I think about this podcast, I had multiple different ideas because I was thinking about this more from a perspective of gathering people together in a community and that type of thing. And then I recognized, no, what we really need to talk about here is rest. And it was in me taking a walk and resting from the chaos of everything I've been doing that then this is like, yeah, this is what you need to talk about. And it's amazing, like in the last few weeks of what we've talked about too, like the blessings that God wants for us. And yet then we look at, I am starting to think that sleep then from doing this research and check these links, honestly, check these links this week, how much heart disease, diabetes, high blood pressure, all these things are associated with lack of sleep. And then Jesus talks about how he has blessings for us. And it's like, is this part of it where he's like, I want to help you with your health, but you got to help me out here. You got to give me the time. You got to let me be willing and able to have you dream dreams and have visions. I need you to be able to slow down enough that we can actually connect and talk. And I know for me, this is hitting me hard too, because I wonder, am I myself going too fast, trying to cram all these different things in and not actually giving enough time to so many things in life because it's, well, I got to run here and run there. And it's a story that at least here in the United States, we love reiterating. We're in a place of a great reset within the world community. As communities do come out of COVID and also recognizing that there's some that's still a ways from that. But when we get through this as a world, there has to be a shift in priorities. And maybe one of the things we need to solidly look at is, are we valuing our sleep? Are we putting out too much light pollution and trying to push ourselves further and further forward that it's actually to the point of we don't work? Jesus recognizing that we were not built to be 100% efficient. And when we try to be 100% efficient, we actually are less efficient because when we have more suicide rates, we have all these different mental health issues partially, probably, because we're not sleeping. Because we've looked at suicide rates with sleep deprivation is higher. We've looked at different health conditions go up, correlated beautifully with lack of sleep. And we already know learning is more difficult when we don't sleep. 
Is some of the fights that we're having around the world today because we're sleep deprived? And I'll leave that up to your imagination on what fights those are. What about us? Are we doing that with our faith? Are we doing that with our own bodies? Are we letting ourselves get that break? How about in ministry? Are we giving ourselves that break that we need? Are we giving that rest so that people actually can contemplate and think about and connect with God at their own pace too? To welcome someone into a community typically isn't done just spontaneously. It takes time. And that's what I think is so interesting with the 23rd Psalm. It's a psalm that's so familiar and it's heartwarming, but it's like we don't process what those words actually say. We have to be able to lie down. We have to be able to be comforted. We have to trust. That doesn't mean we plow ahead. Again, I'll attach links down below. Really look into some of this stuff because it shook me up this week and I know it's not as deep, but I'm partially wanting you to hear it yourself. But the statistics are just crazy with how inefficient we are when we don't give ourselves sleep and we're trying to push that little bit more, which is really weird. So the Twitter question this week is going to be very open-ended. Do we need more rest? And if so, why? If not, why? So essentially, do we need more rest and explain your answer? I think we really do. Because I think it's in that rest, in that place, that that's where God really meets us. That's when we get our, our soul restored so that we can continue to go and do ministry. That's how we prevent burnout in whatever our job is. And we need that place of rest consistently. We weren't designed to be 100% efficient, and it does catch up with us. And I know all of you, I value a lot. Just having you on this podcast and listening, and that means that we need to be taking care of each other. And that means for myself too. There's things that I need to do better to take care of myself. Before I got married, I distinctly remember talking with a good friend of mine, talking about at times where I was still trying to figure out my work-life balance and he told me you got to figure that out before you get married and the thing is I'm wondering if that's something that we need to be able to do with our spiritual life too is it really when we give that time and make sure that we're making time for it and making sure that we have that rest in that that that's when we really grow is that when we're really laying beside still waters I'm not sure, but I think it's something that we maybe it's worth a try. So we'll wrap this up as we always do. I pray God blesses you through your faith and amazes you through science.